I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Walk through this short psalm and remind ourselves of God's incredible goodness and to call us to give thanks to the Lord for He's good. So let's read together Psalm 100. The psalmist writes, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. His courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. In this text, the psalmist gives us a call for worship, a reminder of who God is, of his greatness and his goodness and why we ought to worship him. As we think this year of all that has happened, so we asked you to share a good thing God did for you this year. Perhaps you began to think through the year. January might have seemed pretty good. 2020, a new decade. Here we go. February rumblings started to happen that this year might be a little different, and then March, everything changed. And it would have been easy to get off the rails. It would have been easy to get sidetracked by everything going on, be it the pandemic, be it the responses to it, all the political shenanigans that has happened, the various views of all that has happened, uh, your own jobs perhaps that have been affected, family members and all that has gone on, combined with the regular struggles with life. But it's important in these kinds of years that we remind ourselves of the God that we serve. And it's important that we give thanks to God even in challenging years. And so the psalmist here begins with a call for worship in verses 1 and 2. Calls to praise God for who he really is. He says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Really, he's calling us to shout joyfully to the Lord. This shout is a shout of loyalty and homage to a king. It's a reminder that we serve the king. The Lord, he is God. God is our king. And as our king, he will never leave us or forsake us. He controls it all. He has not left his throne. We have, I've continually been trying to remind you of that over the last couple months as we have begun to look and then vote on who would control the White House. And it's easy in our culture to lose sight of the reality that while that is incredibly important, we serve someone far greater. We serve the one on the white throne, the king of kings. And so we are to shout our homage and our joy to the Lord. And the question is this year, have you done that? Or have you gotten so sidetracked by all that is going on that when your coworkers and your family members and your neighbors begin to speak about everything that's going on, you commiserate with them and you, you talk with them, but you fail in the middle of it to say, but there's something greater. I serve a king. And he's still on his throne. We're called to shout joyfully to the Lord. But it needs to go beyond mere words. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. One way to remember and to give thanks for who God is, is to serve him. 
is to give our lives in work for him. In this year, it's easy, it would be very easy to become very self-focused, really to go into self-preservation mode, to look after myself and make sure that I am healthy, make sure that I'm safe, make sure that my family is okay, and not really look at opportunities to serve the Lord. But we're called to do that. We're called to serve the Lord with our lives. This is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where we're called to give ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable to Him. And He says it's our reasonable service of worship. True worship to God isn't just coming on Sunday and singing to Him and holding our Bible right and saying, bless God just right. Serving God is an every moment of every day proposition. It means that in your work, you're not working simply for your employer. You're not working simply to get money to pay the bills, although both of those are very important. You are working as a tribute to your God, to how good he is. It impacts how you're going to serve in your job. It impacts how you're going to serve in your home, and it impacts how you're going to serve in your church. You're to serve the Lord. But he says you're not to serve the Lord just because. He says we're to serve the Lord with gladness. If there is anything that should and would set us apart from the world today, it would be gladness, joyfulness. Because we live in a world today that is anything but glad. I think you could probably describe our world today as mad, not glad. But we ought to be different. Are you known as a glad, joyful person? Are you known as someone who serves God with joy? We're to make a joyful noise. We're to serve the Lord with gladness, but then we are to come into his presence with singing. You show me a person who sings, and I'll show you a person who understands who God is. And these songs are songs of praise to God. One thing that I have found to be helpful to me this year is instead of turning on the radio to the news, I turn on the radio or my music to songs of worship to God. I love singing in the car because no one can hear me. I sing. But one thing I love about our church is that we sing. We have made an effort to encourage congregational singing. Why? Because this is how we demonstrate God is good. We sing to Him. And so every opportunity you get, sing. So I'm so thankful for a worship team that leads us in our singing and leads us well in it, points us to the throne room of God. Sing with gladness. Sing joyfully. But let's be honest, it's been a year There are the normal trials and travails of life. So what do you do when you don't feel like doing that? Say, shouting joyfully to the king, I'm kind of wondering if he's still on his throne. Serve the Lord with gladness? I'm not glad at all. And frankly, I'm pretty perplexed and anxious. Sing joyfully to the Lord? I don't want to sing, I want to cry. 
How can we do this? Well, the psalmist does not leave us wanting. He gives us the reason for this worship. The Lord is God. Says verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. You know, it's a phrase that we might take for granted. The Lord is our God. But what does it mean that the Lord is our God? Every Friday, I've been writing a note to you all, and you can see them via email or on the social media on our website, or you can pick up the printouts on Sundays. But the last several weeks, I've been trying to walk through our view of God and what God is like, because often we forget what it means that God is God. He is ever-present. He is all-powerful. He is gracious. He is good. He oversees all. He is not impacted by the whims of nature or the changes of time. He stands unique and separate from all of it. And we can praise him because he is still God. Presidents can change. Representatives can cycle through. But God remains. He's always there. The God that was the God of Daniel in the lion's den is the God that you serve in 2020. The God who is the God of the three brothers in the fiery furnace who stood up against the world power and said, we will worship our God, that is the God of today. The God who took Israel through the Red Sea. The God who sacrificed his son is still our God today. And so we worship God when we know that the Lord is God. I mentioned in the letter Friday a comment by a friend, a good friend a few years ago, that said, when God seems far away, I'm the one who's moved. God hasn't changed. And so in the middle of these times when we don't feel like giving praise to God, when we we don't have that heart to sing joyfully to God, the problem is with me. It's not with God. And so I need to take the time to know that the Lord, He is God. Not only is He God, we see that because He's God, we're reminded that the Lord is our Creator. It is He that has made us, and we are His. God created you. You know, this is a battle in the world today. It's one of the first things that they've tried to throw off is this idea that God created them because they don't want to answer to him. But we understand that God created us. It means he took a personal interest in us. The psalmist says, in my mother's womb, the Lord formed me. God took an interest in you and a special creation in you. That's your God. He's not some abstract being that's out there that just kind of did it and, and left it on its own. He's a God who is ever close. And because of that, you belong to him. Now, often we think of our belonging to God as a challenge, and it is a challenge, that because we belong to him, we are to serve him. But not only is it a challenge, it's a blessing. You belong to God, and therefore he takes special care 
of you. We're reminded of Matthew chapter 6, where Christ in the Sermon on the Mount looks at the people in front of him and he tells them, stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop worrying about your life and everything that's going on. You might say, well, it's different today. It's been a different year. But the reality is, first century Israel was not a picnic. They were under the thumb of Rome. There was this constant threat of rebellion against Rome, which Rome promised to crush, and they did in AD 70. Wiped out Israel. There was constant tension between the groups. Often in the Bible, we see the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes grouped together as if they're one wonderful, happy family. But the truth is, they were bitter rivals with one another who hated each other, as the political parties today do. It was very similar to today. And God looks at them and says, Jesus looks at them and says, Stop worrying about your life. Look around. Look at the flowers. They're beautiful and God clothed them. Don't you think he'll take care of you? Look at the birds. They eat. Don't you think God will take care of you? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Why? Because you are God's. He's not forgotten you. He'll not forsake you. He'll not let you down. And so you can praise him because he is your creator. And thirdly, He is our shepherd. He says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Remind you of the message that was brought at the beginning of August by Pastor Dietz. We took you to Psalm 23. And he walked you through what it meant that God is your shepherd. It means he cares for you. He feeds you. He leads you beside still waters. He restores your soul. Even in the hard times, as John gave testimony to, the valley of the shadow of death will fear no evil because he is with us. God is your shepherd. He will lead you where you need to go. He will care for you when you are weak. He will lift you When you are strong, and in the end, he will lead you into that final pasture of peace. He's your shepherd, and so you can worship him. So he renews this call of worship in verse 4. He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And so he gives us this second call to worship. He tells us, be thankful. Give thanks to him. Sadly, Christians have often been known as complainers. We like our comfort, and when it doesn't work out, we begin to complain. But we ought to be known as people who are thankful. So instead of complaining about all that is going on in your life, look for the blessings. Thank God, even for the trials. And it'll change your mindset when you pause And you begin to thank God for who he is and what he does. Give thanks to him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Come into his presence and thank him. But then, bless his name. 
We're to praise him. Not only are we to thank him, we're to remind ourselves of who he is and praise him for it. When was the last time you went to God in prayer and you didn't ask God for anything? All you did was tell him how great he is. Tell him how good he is. And rehearse his attributes back to him. It'll change your outlook. It'll change the way you look at the world. It'll change the way you look at everything that's happening. Because you're reminded of who God is. So give thanks and bless his name. Why would we do that? Because God is good. This cycle continues with a second reason for our worship. Not only is the Lord God, the Lord is good. Verse number five, for the Lord is good. I was reminded this week that God will never take away anything from us that is not good for us. And God will never give to us anything that is not good for us. So everything that you see that God has taken from you and everything that God has given to you, you can know is good because the Lord is good always. He's good. The problem is often our definition of goodness. We view goodness as rainbows and sunshine and unicorns. Sometimes goodness is hardship and trial, and struggle. It's God's good gift to us. The Lord is good. Even in hard and challenging times, because he tells us first that his steadfast love endures forever. His love never fails. His love never changes. It's always there. This is Paul's message in Romans chapter 8. All the way back in March, at the beginning of this pandemic, and Wednesday nights, we were walking through Romans chapter 8. We were talked about this reality, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. He gave us the Son. He'll, he'll not withhold anything good from us. So we can conclude that neither death nor life or angels or principalities or powers or things present or things to come or height or depth or anything else can separate us from the love of God. It endures. He's always there. His love is always present in your life. When he seems far away, it's not because his love has failed. It's because we've moved. It's because we've taken our eyes off it. So see God's love. His love endures forever. And he concludes his faithfulness to all generations. God is faithful. As mankind, we struggle with faithfulness. We say we'll do things or we make decisions that we want to happen, but then circumstances change, things beyond our control, and we're not faithful. But God dwells outside of circumstances and outside of change. And so nothing impacts his promises. They will be brought to pass. He will always be there. He will always be faithful. Friends come and go. Family members come and go. But God always remains from generation to generation to generation. 
Again, this means that the God of the Old Testament is your God today. The God of your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents is your God today. It's the same God. Circumstances haven't changed anything. Pandemics don't change it. Political foolishness doesn't change it. Culture doesn't change it. God is always faithful. And so you might look at life and say, it sure doesn't seem like he's faithful. But it's not because his lack of faithfulness, it's because of our lack of understanding. Because of our bad view of God. And so, know the Lord is God. He's our creator. He made us. He's our shepherd. He's good. His loving kindness endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. And as you enter this holiday season, be a people that rather than complaining about another foolish decision or another strange twist in the year or another hardship, instead responds with, God is good because he's still God. And let's see the gospel advance because of our faithful testimony of our faithful ever-present, always good God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and, not we, are, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. May God bless his word. Father, we thank you so much that you are our God. You are our creator. You are our shepherd. Lord, we need that so desperately because we can't do this life on our own. It's a mess. We need you. Thank you that you are faithful and kind. Thank you that we can trust you. So Lord, help us not to take our eyes off you, but to see you for who you are. And may you receive all the praise and the honor and the glory in our lives, for you alone deserve it. Be our God. In Jesus' name, amen.